0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to this casual Sunday morning service. Um, Actually, we're here doing it on a Thursday. and It's a huge day in the kingdom of God because it's Pastor Paul Wilson's birthday today. And I'm not even going to tell you how old he is because let me just say that he met Shirley on the ark. Okay, so we'll just leave it at that. Their anniversary was yesterday. (laughs) We love them, You know, we... We just so much appreciate and love this family, and so, so, so ties and offerings. It's easy. Um, the thing about ties and offerings is, God is either as large as you allow Him to be, or as small as you make Him out to be. You know, Mark, Matthew nine twenty nine says, "According to your faith, it'll be done unto you." So you can, when you can believe big. You, you serve a big God. He, you, and when you, when you understand the, the word of God, like in, for example, in Hebrews 4 and verse 2, the Bible says that the, this gospel was preached unto us and them, but it didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. And I think lots of times mixing things with faith is a matter of um basing your life on the word of God and getting enough word in you that you can stand on it. Like for example, like 200 years ago, if you had seen a a plane flying through the air, you'd have said, that's a miracle, but it wasn't really a miracle. Even when they developed them, what it was is they discovered the laws of thrust, lift, propulsion, drag. And so now, well, (laughs) You don't see a lot of planes flying right now either, unfortunately. But when they come back again, it won't be strange to you. It won't be miraculous to you, because you understand how it works. And and so in Malachi three ten, he says, "Bring your tithes into the storehouse, and 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 uh, and I will pour out a blessing on you that you won't be able to contain." Well, the thing is, he tries to pour out a blessing. On a closed heart. An open, heaven, an open heaven won't work on a closed heart. And the reason why the heart is closed is because, because of unbelief. They didn't mix it with faith. And so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's almost like if we go back to what we were talking about last week in Romans 8, 15, 16, 17, that you've, res- you've received, he said, you haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Papa, God, or Abba, Father, or Father, Father is really what it says. And so your Father in heaven wants to bless you. Beloved, I pray above all else that you'll prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, but your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so, so if, your, if your mind is closed to the things of the Spirit of God, if you've been discouraged and think that these things never work, then they won't, because again, God is as large as you allow Him to be, or as, or as as small as you you reduce Him to be, you know. And so He's saying, bring the bring the tithe into the storehouse, and I will pour out the blessing. So make sure that again, the open heart, the default position of a heart is closed, fearful, and and dysfunctional. And so God s- said, I came that you would renew your mind by the word of God, so that you could prove the good, the acceptable the perfect will of God for your life. So every time we teach these things, it's, again, reminding you, renew your mind. You you don't, when you were born, you were born dysfunctional, and you don't don't think right naturally. And so you need to be, and again, every day you're either conformed to this world or transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why when Jesus said, it's your daily bread. Every day you need to shake off the things of the world and put on the spirit of God, because when you put on the spirit of God, you know, believe all things, believe that God is for you and not against you. Believe that even in the middle of all of the things that are taking place on the earth today, that he's working it together for your good. You know, I look at what's going on in Israel today now and notice that they've just had an election and. And uh, Netanyahu is not the leader anymore, but they got another good guy. They got Naphtali Benjamin, or ben, Netanyahu, Netanyahu, Naphtali Bennett, rather, and he's ultra conservative guy too. And he, he was the military leader there, and he, he he's going to fight for Israel. And and uh, so, but again, I always say what you see going on in Israel parallels in the church, and so there's been warfare in the church, and it's been serious. It's been intense. And uh, as a matter of fact, we're gonna talk about that today as you as you give your tithes and offerings. I wanna um, uh I want to segue into Samuel chapter thirty, uh because well no, maybe we'll go to maybe we'll go to to uh Habakkuk chapter two first. But no, let's go to Samuel thirty because it because for those of you that don't know, uh we have pastor friends that have been affiliated with this church for years and years. Matter of fact, our tithe, we have a tithe check that goes out to them every month. And so there's always been that connection. Anyway, Roy and Lori Berto. Roy pastors uh, an African Baptist church in Acaciaville. And Lori pastors a former Baptist church over in Burton, both in the Digby area. And uh, they're just, they're just awesome, wonderful people of God. Anyway, last Saturday, I don't know when you'll be viewing this, but I don't know what the date was. Anyway, this—I think the first Saturday in June—it it was Lori's birthday celebration. Let's go out and buy some plants to plant around the house. And and so they were gone with a friend. They left their car in the yard and went with a friend. And they were gone an hour and a half. When they came back, their house was on fire. Now it's an old country farmhouse, and so very dry, and it went up like a match. I think by five o'clock or five thirty, the place was burned to the ground. And they they lost their pets, cats and dogs. And I know cats and dogs don't mean a lot to some people, but, I mean, they become family members when you don't have any kids and things like that. And so so what I'm saying is that when they came back home from what they thought was a birthday celebration day, they came home and the house was burned to the ground. And what did they have? Like when you stop and think about it, they lost everything like only the clothes on your back is all you got left. And so then you start processing things and you're thinking everything that I valued, everything that I saved up over the years, everything that I had in my life is gone. Totally wiped out in, in an afternoon. What do you do with that? What do you do as a believer with that? Well, what they did was the next afternoon, Sunday afternoon, they went down and stood in the ashes. And powerful. They stood in the ashes, people, members from both church, and they had a praise and worship service while the neighbors drove back and forth. Of course, in a small community like that, you can be sure there were a lot of tourist-type people coming to hear about the big fire. And what they saw, what they saw was people standing in victory. And it's so powerful. So I want to talk about that today. Also, um, if if you would like to sew finances into their lives, I think there may be two or three GoFundMe pages. I don't even know how they operate, uh, but but if it was me personally, I would contact I would contact them through us maybe and get their bank number and put it directly into the bank because I didn't know it, but apparently GoFundMe has a fee that they charge as well. And this is what we believe. We believe what's going to happen with them is what happened in. Samuel chapter 30. In Samuel 30, David and his men, his 400 soldiers, actually, I think they grew to about 600 at that time, they had been chased all over the Middle East. They had been running for their lives. They had a place in Ziklag that they they received from the Philippines, Philippines, from the Philistines. They had a a place that was given to them by the king of the Philistines. And anyway, they after being gone and doing the warfare on behalf of God, they came back and found their house burned down, their houses were burned with fire, and their their wives and children had been kidnapped ran everything was ransacked and so that this is the situation that they can, they're out, like, hey, we're out serving God, and look what happened to us." But what they didn't realize is what happened to them was the greatest day that they'll ever experience their worst day turned into their best day, because Romans 8.28 is a reality. All things work together for your good when you love God and you're called according to his purpose. Whatever's going on in your life right now, you can be sure. Again, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, come on. He said, he'll never leave me, nor forsake me, so that I can boldly say, God is on my side I will not fear what a man can do unto me. Now, that's exactly what Roy and Lori and their churches did on that Sunday afternoon. They said, it's like spitting in the devil's eye. He takes his best shot, and it's working for you. Your problems are working for you. It's I know it's hard to, to imagine without faith. That's why, according to your faith, it'll be done unto you what you can believe like that airplane that airplane could have been flying up there 200 years ago but people didn't understand the laws when you understand the laws the romans 327 talks about the law of faith like really when you think about it, there's no such thing as a miracle what there is is people have discovered the laws of heaven and learned how to operate in them and so, again it's with finances it's with healing in your body any of those kind of things when when everything is contrary to you, that's when you declare the word of God. Amen. Okay. So, so here in Romans, Romans, here in Samuel chapter 30, looking looking on David and the guys. And again, remember, this is the greatest day. And it came to pass when the men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had invaded from the south and Ziklag was smitten and burned with fire and the women were taken captive And they they didn't kill them all. They just took them away. So David and the men of the city, when they saw the place burned with fire, their wives and daughter taken, they were devastated. Of course, David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no more power to weep. Of course, that's the natural, that's the flesh response to the things. But what they, let's read on a little further here. David and his wives were taken. Okay. Verse 6. See, but again, your situation is working for you. It's not against you. When you change, no, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So be relentless. And like even in the natural, you're not what they call you, but you are what you answer to. Now, let's look at what they say to David here it says david was greatly distressed and the people spoke of stoning him why because people want somebody in the natural to blame you know it's it's just the it's, it's the blame game and so the soul of the people because they were so grieved every man for his sons and his daughters but david encouraged himself in the lord what david did at this point in time is he he wrote a trilogy he wrote Psalms 111, Psalms 112, and Psalms 113. This is how he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself through praise and worship. He he, he wasn't going to get down in the dirt with the rest of them. He lifted up his voice unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So he encouraged himself in the Lord by writing those three songs. And David said unto Abathar the priest, go get the ephod. And so this is how they would inquire of the Lord. And so, but see, David realized this is not it. There's an after this. This is not the end. This is, How about this? How about this saying? This is not the end of the road. It's the bend in the road. But greater things are happening. Greater things are on the way. And so, So David went and got the ephod, and he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue them? Shall I overtake them? And this is what the Lord says. Look at this, what the Lord says in verse 8. Pursue those. You'll overtake them, and you'll recover everything. You'll snatch back everything that the devil has stolen from you. It's almost like, you know, he's he's ready to give up, and then he starts to sing, Bless the Lord. You know, well, maybe we should just turn to Psalm 112 for a minute and just look at it, and then we'll come back here. Because you need to see how faith talks. How faith speaks. Here in verse verse 1 of 112. I know I've taught this before, but don't ever get tired of hearing it because this is how we live. The just shall live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 says, the just shall live by faith. The proud will not do it, but the just shall live by faith. That's a, in the same chapter where they got to verse 14 and said, the whole earth would be filled with my glory. I mean, this is, this is how it works. So here he is. This is it's a, here he is in the middle of this, at Samuel chapter 30. And he, he says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. Blessed is Asher, it's empowered to prosper. He's saying, I'm empowered to prosper. <laughs> he said, "He, he said, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Mighty upon the earth is the word, which means a hero, a proven warrior, a soldier. He said, his seed. Now, he didn't even know where his kids are. He didn't know what happened to them. But he said, my seed shall be mighty upon the earth and the generation of the upright shall be blessed. And that's Barak. That means to be increased on the inside. His children shall be honored forevermore. And they still are. They still are. David's children are still being honored to this day. He said, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth and shall be blessed. Look at this. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. There's ashes. He's like Roy and Lori standing in the ashes. There is no house. There is no house. See, this is what this is where you and I, we discern and decide what we're gonna do when trouble comes. When trouble comes, we don't have to let it overcome us. Matter of fact, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It's it's what what am I gonna do? What would I do if everything was lost? Well, everything is not lost because God is for you, who can be against you. So he says, wealth and riches shall be in my house. He's calling his house, calling those things that be not as though they were. He doesn't have a house right now, but he's saying, hey, wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, read later. And again, his worst day was his best day because these 600 men, 400 of them that actually pursued and and got the victory 200 that got so tired they had to wait wait on the other side of the river but when they got the victory they got the spoils from the devil that everything that had been stolen for years these guys went from being the impoverished people that we read about in Samuel chapter 2 22 rather where it says those that were in debt those who were distressed and discontented gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain over them that was in Isaiah 22 1 Samuel chapter 22, rather. Here we are, eight chapters, and many years later, now all of a sudden, they're not in debt. They're not distressed. they're, They're blessed. And they are so blessed that when you read 2 Samuel and see the wealth that they had, that they put into building the temple of God, when you see the wealth that David put into building his own house, you say, hey, where did this happen? It started right here. It started when they refused to bow to the devil. They didn't bow and they didn't burn. Come on, they didn't bend, they didn't bow, they didn't burn. When you go through a fire, the Bible says in Isaiah 41, that you'll not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Why? Because in the fire, there's a fourth man. Read Daniel chapter, there's a fire, There's a, a fourth man in the, the fourth man shows up when you're going through trouble. Wealth and riches shall be in your house. Yeah, and you'll be, and not only that, not only that, He said, wealth and riches be in the house, but your righteousness, your right standing with God endures forever. Unto the upright, there arises a light in the darkness. Amen. Here comes the light. Hallelujah. It just dawned on me. Unto the upright, there arises a light in the darkness. I've called all of you to the obtaining of the glory. Called you to the obtaining of the glory, the light of God. The light that came before the sun and moon were ever put in place. The light that came in Genesis 1-3. The glory of God came into the universe and now and now he's in you. Unto the upright there arises a light in the darkness. And he's gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends He guides his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. He'll be in an everlasting remembrance. He's not, look at this, verse 7. He's this, this is David encouraging himself in the Lord. This is how you do it. This is how it works. I'm not afraid of evil tidings, my heart's fish, trusting in the Lord. My heart's established, I'll not be afraid until I see my desire upon my enemies. Look at this. He's dispersed and given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His strength is exalted with honor. I mean, what a way! What a way to be in the middle of adverse situations. This is how faith lives. Again, Habakkuk two four, Romans one seventeen, and Hebrews ten thirty eight, and Galatians five eleven. I think it says the same thing over and over. The just shall live by faith. So again, my situation is working for me, not against me. And so, so David went. Back in Samuel 30, verse 9. So David went with his 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook Bezor, where those that were left stayed behind. They were just too tired. But David pursued he and the 400 men with him for the 200 abode back at the brook Bezor. And they found an Egyptian. This is so powerful to me as well. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. And he gave him. Now this, think about the time that it takes this is the thing that I've noticed as a pastor. Anybody in ministry would notice this: that lots of times you're helping someone else while your house is on fire. You know, you're ministering to marriage counseling, and you've got struggles in your own. You're your ministering financial help when you're dealing with your own. And and um, I find sometimes uh, talking about other people's dysfunction was always a blessing to me because I didn't have to consider my own. <laughs> but you know, it's it's that's it, it's it's like it's it's not like you're this person that doesn't have any problems. No, you're ignoring yours so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. And this is this is what this is what David's faith did. He found the Egyptian in the field, and then he the the, the time that it took, his family's kidnapped, but he stops now. He stops and he goes after this Egyptian. He gives him bread to eat. And and he gave him water to drink he, this, this all takes time this is the this is the um, the good Samaritan uh, with the guy, with the guy that fell among thieves. It's the same story and so he, he gave him water and then it says he gave him a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins, and when he had eaten, his spirit came back into him because he hadn't eaten or had anything to drink for three days and nights. David said, "Where do you come from?" He said, I'm a man of Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite. And uh, uh, my master threw me down and left me because I came sick. This is how the devil treats everybody. <laughs> He's no respecter of persons. He just treats everybody bad. So it says, I was the servant of Amalekite, but when I got sick, they just threw me off the horse and left me. We made an invasion upon the Sharathites and upon the coasts of Judah and upon the south of Caleb and we burn zigzag with fire. So now here, here you are. You're blessing your enemy. Bless those that persecute you. Do good to those that despitefully use you. <laughs> but this is. But this is again. This is a principle. This is how your enemies become your friends. This is how you, you. This is how we we need to stop judging one another because whenever you judge somebody, that judgment comes back on you. And so we, you know. And then here's how I found. I found this. You can only treat people the way that you talk about them behind their back. <laughs> what I mean is, if 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 I'm slandering you behind your back, it's hard for me to be nice to your face. What, and 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 so be, why? Because I have judged you, and now that judgment has destroyed a relationship. And now that judgment is coming back on me because judge not, lest you be judged. But because lots of times the things that you've that annoys you about somebody else, if you don't deal with it, it's going to end up in your heart. And so, so here's David and he's doing this. And, and um, he says, when they brought him down, David said unto him, rather in verse 15, David said unto him, can you bring me down to that company? He said, swear unto me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master. And so now his enemy has become his friend. His what, if he had just think about if if he had rejected that man and left him there to die, he might be he might have wandered all over the Middle East looking for his family. Verse sixteen: When he brought them down, they were spread abroad upon the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because of that. I mean, it was, the party was on, because of the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. So this was several years of plunder. This was this was wealth. And David smote them from the twilight in the evening until the next day. And there escaped not, not a man of them, except 400 young men on camels that fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken away. David and his two wives, right? So everything came back. Everything came back. And over in verse 26, because again, you need to look at the heart of David. When David came back to Ziklag, he sent the spoil to the elders of Judah and all of his friends, saying, "Behold, this is a present for you, for, out of the enemies of the Lord." So, so, anywhere that David had traveled over those years, running from Saul, wherever anybody would, whenever anybody anybody would take care of him, he. Well, look at it, verse, verse twenty thirty one rather. And David sent all these every place that David and his men were. In the King James, it says, where they were to haunt, in other words, anybody that blessed him on the way, he turned around and blessed them back i just I just think that it's so powerful, so powerful that he matter of fact, he shared it with all the six hundred of his soldiers, and then he shared it with anybody that had been kind to him along the way, so he was he was not a reservoir; he was a river out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Such an honorable thing that he did. And again, the things that he said about his family in the midst of all that adversity are a reminder to us that we can do these same things when trouble hits. This is what Roy and Lori did in the middle of all that. Matter of fact, the first words Roy said, first off, I get a text on a Saturday afternoon. My house is burning. Well, I'm thinking he's talking about the Holy Ghost. (laughs) So I send him a couple of questions. He said, no, no, the firemen are here. My house is on fire. I'm thinking, what is this? And the first thing that you think is not the best thing all the time. The first thing you're thinking is, now, don't don't get ugly with me. The first thing is, how could this be allowed on Lori's birthday? The first thing we'd like to shift to is, God, why did you? But God didn't, how many of you know, God doesn't do these, these things. He didn't burn David's house, but he knew that the house was going to burn and he knew what he was going to do when David responded with faith. David's David. I mean, everything changed for David and his men that day, that one day that seemed like the worst day of his life. It's kind of like, kind of like when you, when you look at Abraham going up to offer up Isaac, he's offering up Isaac, but there's a ram in the thicket. Well, in, in David's case, There was an Egyptian in the field. Like what I mean is God's provision was in the middle of his pursuit of uh, the middle of the goals that God had placed in his life. So anyway, Roy's first response was we're getting revival out of this. That was his first response. You know, in other words, the devil takes a shot. The devil takes a shot at me. And now the greater one is rising up in me. Amen. Okay, now let's, uh, now Want to go to Haggai, or, or Habakkuk, rather, pardon me. Haggai was last Sunday. Find Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Because there's a good example of faith in here as well. And so, Habakkuk chapter 2, um, verse... Four. How about verse 3? Talking about writing this book, he said, At the end, the vision will speak and it will not tarry. Wait for it, for it shall come, it shall not tarry. So um, I need to go back to verse 2 really to explain that, don't I? He said, The Lord answered and said, Write a vision and make it plain upon tables that they that read it can run with it. And so he wrote this book. So we can run with this book that he wrote, and he, then, then he'll tell you the justified will experience the experience uh, real life by the law of faith. The justified will experience real life by the law of faith. Faith is not something that we generate at will. It's something that we live by every day. It's not something that oh, I better get my faith out. No, it, just make it make it your reality. So. He said at the end he said, right down right down the vision at the end, it'll speak of not Terry, and then he, then he talks a little bit about pride here because he says in verse four this the man of pride, my soul has no pleasure in, because pride and faith are polar opposites, really, unbelief is camouflaged by pride, humility believes and receives from the things of God and trusts and obeys god and 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 when you really get that vision." When you have that vision, like Habakkuk wrote down, the vision will take you through the pain. And and so when you have a vision, see the reason why they, they were able to walk through this is because the value of the vision was how much they were willing to pay for it, and they were will they were willing to loo- to lose their house. And again. They they they, they count. They really did. Whether you like it or not, they did what what uh, Paul said in Philippians chapter three. I count. I, I count. I count the the losses, but done. Yeah, there was keepsakes in there, invaluable things that I'll never see again on this side of heaven. But but I but I know that God has so much greater going for me than this. So he says, "The just shall live by faith." He says that, he said he opposes the proud really and gives grace to the humble. Is what he's saying here? Because he said, "Behold, the soul of him that is lifted up is not right; it's not right with him." But the just shall live by faith. Why? Because proud men trust in themselves, and they ultimately fall. But but the righteous ones trust and live in God. So. Without a vision, something burning on the inside of you, without joy in the journey, without anticipation of better days, you won't want to get out of bed in the morning. And this is this is why this whole pandemic thing. This is why there are so many people discouraged because every day the same. Every day, it's like I was I was telling Pastor Paul, I was watching uh, Rod Stewart and his wife Rose. I forget her name they were. They, they. did a song sitting on a bed the other day singing to his aunt. She, his aunt wrote and said, Roddy, this is worse than the war because when the war was on, after the bombing, we could get together and hug. And I th- I thought about it. I, I was watching the song just because it was unusual to see rock stars sitting in bed singing. But anyway, I watched it for five minutes or whatever it was. And I thought, this is what the world is in right now. There's people, I haven't seen my grandkids in almost two years. You know, and what is this all about? It's about dragging the people down. It's about burning your house with fire. It's about you being too discouraged to get up in the morning. Don't fall for it. Don't take the bait. Don't, I'm telling you, God... Just like David rose up from the ashes, like Ru and Lori are going to raise up from the ashes, you will too, as long as you make God large and your problem small. As long as you see a big God, as long as you incline, lean back on, I think it's in Psalm 119, verse 112 or 113, it says, incline onto my words. In other words, lean back. If you're going to lean on something, lean back on the things of the Spirit of God. I think in Psalm 119, he also says, don't be double-minded. So you hook that up in to James 1, 5, 6, 7, 8. You know, if any of you lack wisdom or lack anything, let him ask of God, who gives deliberately and upbraids not. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he's faithful to promise. Then he said, "Then he said, don't be double-minded, because a double-minded man is like the waves of the of the sea, driven and tossed. Then he says this in verse eight, he says, don't let that man think that he'll receive anything from the Lord. You cannot receive from the Lord when you're double-minded, when your heart is in that default position, flip your heart over, you, 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 uh, flip your heart to Romans chapter five, get in Romans chapter five, Just just begin to think about and realize that the love of God is shed abroad. It's already shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You know, we're the only people that worship a creator that lives on the inside of us. We're worshiping the one that's already here with us. That never leaves us, never forsakes us. So Habakkuk has got a lot to do with that. You get down to verse 14 of chapter 2, and he says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that knowledge is revelation knowledge. The world's going to know. The world is going to know. Then you get to chapter three, in verse one. He says, the prayer of Habakkuk, prophet of wherever. And he says, oh, Lord, I have heard your speech. And I was afraid, oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known your mercy. Hallelujah. So so I'm not striving for perfection and creating stress in my life. I'm doing small things well over time. Hallelujah. And and then I realized that it's not about my IQ. It's about my I will. I will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I also realized uh, uh, that I need to keep going. I need to keep stretching. And I need to believe in verse 2 that I'll be restored from sickness, restored from discouragement, restored from faintness, revived, revived and refreshed. I declare that New Covenant Ministries Church is revived and refreshed. I declare that the pastors are revived and refreshed. I declare that the kingdom of God is advancing through our efforts in Jesus' name. Revive and refresh. So then you read down a little bit further and you you, you come to verse 17. Well, no, you need to back it up a little bit though, Gary. Talking about God being so powerful. Verse 11, the sun and the moon stood still, in the habitation, in the light, and the arrows went out as a shining and glittering spear, talking about the power of God. You did march through the land in indignation. This is God reviving the church. And he said, you marched in indignation. You did thresh the heathen in anger. You went forth for the salvation of your people, even the salvation with your anointed. You, you wounded the head of the house of the wicked, the enemies, the enemies of God will fall. Eventually, they will fall. Surely, they will fall. He said, and uh, he said, verse fourteen: You shall strike through the the mustaves, the heads of the villages. You come out like a whirlwind, scatter me. They came out with a whirlwind to scatter me. But their rejoicing was to vow, to devour us secretly. You did walk through the sea with your horses, the heap of your great waters. This is all figurative, but it talks about. These these are stories in the Old Testament that you can read. When I heard my belly trembled and my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered my bones and I trembled myself. But look at this, that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade with troops. He'll invade my enemies with troops. And this is this is what, this is, the thing that's not, look at look at this. He said, nothing Nothing is working. He said, even in my life right now, Habakkuk said, nothing is working. Although the fig tree hasn't blossomed, neither shall there be any fruit in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail. The field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. This is Roy and Lori coming home. But this is what they did. Verse 18. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation, for the Lord is my strength, He will make He will He will make my feet like hind's feet and cause me to walk upon my high places. God has high places for you to walk in, so don't quit in the middle. Don't ever give up in the middle of anything, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what. Fear no evil, for you are with me. I will fear no pandemic. I will fear no uh, flu shots or whatever kind of shots. I, I, I'm i not in fear. I'm not living in fear. I'm living by faith in my heavenly Father. Just want to read Romans 8, uh, 15, 16, 17 one more time, and then I'm done. I'm done. Well, I'm not ever done, but you know what I mean. We're We're done for today. Hallelujah! Can't wait to get back in here and preach. Can't wait to get back in here and hug some people. Like I don't know about you, but this this I'm starving for things. Especially for those of you that don't know, I've been I had been um, scheduled for a heart operation. They didn't know if they were going to do open heart surgery. What they knew was that I had a a bad heart valve, and so that we're going to do a valve job now. I was very encouraged in that because I found out that there's a doctor in Halifax that does a few every week and that she can go up through the groin and do it without busting open the rib cage and all that. So I was kind of excited about it. But then uh, they, and they, they, I've been tested, prodded. I've been on the stress machines and, and cat scans and dog scans and every other kind of scan. Anyway, the last scan that they did on me, they called me up the next day and said, uh, there's nothing wrong with your heart valve. And so that's the last report I got. The report I got was that it was built up with calcium. And so I don't know how they blasted out of there, but uh, they're blasting out. But my point is through all those months, I've been struggling with shortness of breath and lack of energy and all those kind of things because I'm only operating on 15% of my heart. But now they have found, thank God they found the problem. Now I know that I also know this, that the heart valve could have been defective. And God healed it. I Like, see, when you believe in God for healing, healing is your goal. Uh, but we don't get to determine. We, maybe we do. I don't. I didn't get to tell him how to do it. <laughs> I had to go through the process. And so, but, but I'm encouraging you that, that, that in all things, we're overcomers. We always overcome in life. God bless you and have an awesome week.